Cats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go, Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig. We are uh, live for what was supposed to be an abbreviated episode of the podcast, but, you know, we got lots of questions and we have some things to talk about. So, hello. Hey, buddy. Hello. Uh, so, how are you enjoying your first, like, 90-degree day of the year? Uh, well, the weather just made an already miserable day even more miserabler. Well, that's not cool. Yeah, it was not a great day. I had a really rough day at work, and I'm really glad uh, we're doing this recording because it's kind of centering my mood a little bit from dour to uh, yeah, pretty good. That's an excellent use of dour, by the way. Thank you. That's Thank you. Very good. Uh, glad, glad, glad the pod is going to turn Craig's day around. That's right. Uh, it usually does. So yeah, it does. It does for me too, especially when we get to talk to all of all of you people. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so like I said, we've got a ton of questions, and we're we're starting a little bit late with the recording, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the few things that we actually had on the docket to talk about, and then uh, get through as many questions as humanly possible before we have to hit the stop recording button. So let's uh, let's just get right down to it, shall we? Uh, we shall. Mm. So uh, Strasburg versus Harvey happens yes. twice since last time we recorded, I think. Uh, that or, makes sense based on math. Well, I don't remember when we recorded last week. <laughs> I Neither like, do I. I, I think, think it was Tuesday. Yeah, I thought it was Thursday. Oh. But either way, let's pretend, like, actually, it might, the game might have been on while we were recording. Now that okay, anyway. It. Yeah, so, anyway, I don't, we didn't get to talk all that much about it. So, uh, Steven Strasburg, in the year that he signed his massive extension, has, uh, Come into his own a little bit. Yeah, the Nationals have won, I believe it's his last 14 starts. Yeah. He is on a mission in 2016, along with Chris Sale, to absolutely destroy uh, those of, those people that believe pitcher wins are a joke. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, Chris Sale is going to win like 30 games, and Steven Strasburg could also win 30 games, which would just be ridiculous. Uh, yeah, because be awesome. Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher in the universe again. Still, still. I mean, I think still. It's just you know, Jake Arrieta had, last year was did some special stuff. Yeah, he exists as well. Um, yeah. But anyway, I think the story behind Strasburg Harvey. I know there's was a big uh, Mets contingent saying Harvey's better. Harvey's better. Harvey's better. And um, the last two games results aside, uh, I think. This story of Strasburg v. Harvey goes a lot bigger than individual game results. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with that. Um, the Nationals have obviously teed off on Matt Harvey the last couple games, uh, but this is not Matt Harvey. Yeah. No. This is not the Matt Harvey that we've come to know and loathe over the last three years. This is, uh, I guess, I I think it's fair to say a shell of the Matt Harvey yeah, oh, uh, that I, we knew. I totally agree, and it's unfortunate. And the the parallels will continue to be drawn for many reasons. You know, it's not only the the reasons that you would, you know, look look at guys that have big fastballs that throw hard. Um, it's also the you know the Tommy John surgery thing and the and the and the shutdown thing and the 
you know, there are there are a lot of parallels between those th- those two guys, um, and I think that Strasburg has continued to prove that he. I mean, if you look at basically any metric of those two pitchers, yes, you're right. Matt Harvey is a shell of what he what he was in previous seasons. He's a guy that has incredibly good stuff, throws hard, is the uh, no longer the best. Whether he was having the best year or not, he was no longer the best pitcher on that staff because of Noah Syndergaard. But um, certainly up there, the number one or two best pitchers, and Steven Strasburg in the same is in the same boat with him and Max Scherzer, obviously. But I. I, how is there a question of? I know it's all Mets fan bias, right? There's no question that Steven Strasburg is a better pitcher than Matt Harvey, right? Yeah, and I don't think anyone, even Mets fans, would argue that fact right now. Yeah, um, I don't think anyone in baseball would really argue that fact. Uh, when Matt Harvey's good, he's right there, and it's a it's a great battle, and it's something that you know we've all been looking forward to seeing over the next couple of years. It just um, it kind of goes to Matt Harvey, the person, New York, the media market. Yeah, which really um, sucks for him, by the way. Uh, let's not discount that. We'll, we'll get into that. But Yeah. Um, it's just – it's really sad because I remember it was last August uh, Matt Harvey said that he was going to shut it down. He was taking his doctor's advice. Scott Boris arg- uh, agreed with him. The Mets at the time agreed with him. But the media pressure – uh, and fan, I guess, resentment or uh, reaction really pushed him into pitching what ended up being more innings than any pitcher in their first season post-Tommy John ever. He pitched over 200 innings in the regular season and another 20-some in the postseason. He threw almost 230 innings. Yeah, he pitched, in just his, point of clarification, 189 during the regular season. So okay. almost 200. But yeah, then pitched a ton of postseason innings. Right, because they went all the way to the World Series. Exactly. And yeah, so he had a lot of opportunities to pitch. But he pitched more, uh, a, a preposterous number of innings uh, in that first season when the Nationals shut Steven Strasburg down, when Matt Harvey himself wanted to shut it down. But he caved to the pressure. The team caved to the pressure. I'm sure there was a ton of different dynamics uh, in his head and uh, the Mets front office uh, at play. So I'm obviously not going to lay the blame on one particular person. But the fact of the matter is he ended up pitching. And can anyone really be surprised that it seems like his arm is – He's going through a bit of a dead arm. I'm not going to say his arm is dead, but... Yeah, no, I mean, you could call it a dead arm, and I think that's a fair assessment at this point. I don't think that because he's pitching this poorly now, I don't think it means that he has a serious injury problem at this point. And I think there's a a very convincing argument to make based on all the media treatment in New York and the way things have gone over the course of the last seven months or so that, you know, there's a huge part of that that's mental, that he's going out on the mound and even with fans, you know, going to Nats Park on Monday night or on Tuesday night and trying to go out there and be supportive that, you know, he, he got lambasted and there were talks leaking out of their, his own front office talking about, well, maybe it's time to take the stuff out of his locker and set his shit on fire. And just to show him like, you know, that it, nothing is forever, whatever bullcrap reason they came up with, or sending him down to the minor, sending Matt Harvey to the minor leagues. I, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to blame him for being in his own head if that's in fact part of what's happening because 
he's not only being treated poorly by the media and by fans, which I feel like in the New York media market is to be expected, but his own, his own front office is, yeah. is leaking out stuff about how he's, you know, not, he's got to be shown a lesson and stuff. I don't know. I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get what the strategy is there if you're anybody in the Mets front office. But then on the flip side, Steven Strasburg, the, the infamous shutdown that I think every, you know, was proven to be worthwhile this season as he's you know, hitting an extended streak of form since he came back from the disabled list last season when he had that back issue. Uh, or ankle issue? Ankle issue. Uh, uh, ankle issue that led to a back issue. Okay, so I, I was right on both, I guess. You're good. And then signed the extension and said during the press conference that he appreciated how how the team took care of him and cared about him more than about, about the success on the field, which is a direct link back to 2012. And the Nationals making the postseason for the first time in team history and taking their best pitcher and saying, your arm is more valuable than our postseason appearance, and we hope that you'll remember this down the line. And he did. My yep. God, Matt Harvey is like, get me out of New York as quick as humanly possible at this point. Yeah, you would have to think so. It's it's really sad to see it. Like I said, I mean, I think that baseball is better with villains. I mean, totally. Uh, and I know we've got some. We had some questions about it. I think someone asked whether Mets fans were the worst. And <laughs> I think it was Beard the, actually. The last two years, we could have said that the Braves fans were the worst, or yeah. Before that, the Phillies fans were the worst. Totally. I mean, baseball is better with villains. It's better if you have the, you know, make baseball fun again crowd and the stodgy old Goose Gossage crowd. I mean, it's just more fun to have lively debate. Yeah. Uh, and right now you're seeing it kind of play out with the Nationals' treatment of Steven Strasburg post-Tommy John. And it should be noted Jordan Zimmerman, who has been considered one of the best free agent signings of the offseason. Right, especially the the amount that he signed for. Right. Um, and then versus the Mets' treatment of Matt Harvey last year, when they did not take the players' best interest at heart, when they went for the championship. Well, and it's it's it reminds me of, like, after 2012 with the Braves, with uh, Chris Medlin and uh, Brandon Beachy, where they, they tried to to get around what doctors were recommending, which was a total shutdown and like do the start late. And then, uh, you know, all those other, like go to the right. bullpen for a both pitchers, time. I believe, which have had more than one Tommy John. Yeah. It, it, he, there was Chris Medlin who had his second Tommy John surgery. And then there was Brandon Beachy who had a Tommy John surgery tried to come back and then had to have another one. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're trying to beat a system. Nobody knows what, Exactly, you know, there's not a magic inning limit that you hit that your elbow explodes, but there's doc, there are doctors and statisticians that are trying to look at these things and say this is what's best for the pitcher. And there are these teams that understandably want these really good pitchers to continue pitching. There's obvious, it's obvious why the Mets wanted Matt Harvey to be in their starting rotation during the playoffs, and it ended up going very well for them. But it, it ultimately could come at a cost, and whether that's a short term cost or a long term cost. It's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate for sure. Yeah. It's sad. It's, it's rough. Uh, you want the best for Matt Harvey. Um, I think that you were, I'm not sure whether we're going to see what you projected, projected at, you know, the mystery ailment DL stint, or if we're actually going to see him head to AAA. I think the DL stint would be better. I think he needs a couple weeks off. Yeah. 
Uh, I think he if needs he goes, to go. If he goes to the minor leagues, he has to keep pitching. And you better believe there's going to be somebody right. from the New York Post and the, and, and the New York Times and wherever, maybe James Wagner, uh, yeah. down there watching his start. He's, it's going to be the same kind of pressure. They're just going to move the market to to wherever their AAA affiliate is that I'm drawing a total blank on right now. Nice. Um, no, I think... Uh... I think he needs to be shut down. I think he needs to go on. Uh, he needs to go somewhere sunny. Uh, have a drink with a little umbrella in it. Yeah, but it's gotten ugly. I mean, I love when the Nats beat their rivals. I enjoy it. Um, I like seeing the hilarious New York tabloid headlines. Uh, what Dark Knight and I don't even know what they were today, um, but. It's gotten personal, and no one wants to see that. There yeah. are talks about, you know, oh, he's gotten larger, and he's been too much of a pretty boy, and that kind of that kind of dialogue. I just I don't like. I don't approve of. And that's when you alienate the player. Yeah, that's, and and that's where you end up hurting an organization because you you don't think that the other 24 guys in that clubhouse are seeing the way that that player is being treated. I mean, and, and that's where, or guys out, the other 749 baseball players aren't looking and going, oh, so this is how the Mets are treating their guy that they, they did a disservice by kind of guilting him into pitching. And then he is having this issue. And then it's not just, yeah, he got overworked and he needs a break, but it, it it's also a bunch of other factors that, you know, I don't know. I, I feel bad for him more than I, I feel. Bad. I absolutely feel bad for him. He's in a, he's in a lose, lose situation right now. Yeah. It, it, you cannot possibly win. But then on the, on the flip side, you have Steven Strasburg who is continuously getting better. Um, this season, I just, just a couple of Steven Strasburg numbers just because it always makes me so, so so happy. It just makes me so happy. Uh, admittedly, his walk rate is up. Uh, a little bit from last year, uh, but it's about career average. He's currently striking out 11.44 batters per nine inning. Oh, that's not bad. So, you know, that's a pretty that's, decent number. That's like a top-of-the-line reliever. Yeah, exactly. He, he's uh, uh, amassed 2.2 wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs. And just, you know, as a note, we're not two months into the season yet, and he's, at, he's amassed 2.2 wins above replacement. Uh Two it checks point, out to a nice seven. Yeah, uh, it, it's a pretty good, pretty good number. It's not going to be better than Clayton Kershaw's, but it's going to be a really good number. Clayton Kershaw, oh my god! Yeah, yeah I know. But uh, we wow. we've got our own mini version of him here in Strasburg. With I'll he, take it. Yeah, I will certainly take it, especially for the for the for the price we got him for. Yeah. Um, with a he's he has a two point three three FIP, two point uh, seven nine ERA. He. He is going out and being the best pitcher on the mound for the Nationals basically every game. He's the best pitcher on the team right now. Any disagreement so with that? So you're saying he's an ace. I don't know, Craig. I feel like I feel like an ace is a loaded word. And uh, <laughs> That's a whole – we should move on. <laughs> yeah, no. He's definitely the ace of the team yeah, right now. Oh, no question. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, as much as Max Scherzer is great and a veteran, but – uh, yeah, just I wanted to pull this up. Steven Strasburg's 2.2 wins above replacement is only good for fourth best in the National League. So any guesses on what Clayton Kershaw's is at this point? It's got to be 3-1. 3-8. Good Christ on a cracker. <laughs> it's unreasonably good. Uh, it's unreasonably good. 
And he also doesn't have the, uh, at 11.44 strikeouts per nine innings, he's second in strikeouts. Any idea who's won? Uh, he's in, starters? in division, yes, of starters. Uh, Syndergaard? No. Wow. No. Jose, Jose Fernandez. Fernandez. Yeah. 13.08 strikeouts for nine innings. Well, if you look at the Major League leaderboard in strikeouts, you've got Kershaw 1. I believe Strax, Strauss and Schurz are 2 and 3, um, right there around 84, 85. Um, and then Jose Fernandez and then someone else. Like, it's literally NL East, NL East, NL East, NL East. Yeah, the top four, the top four by strikeout rate in the National League are National League East. Fernandez, Strasburg, Scherzer, Syndergaard. Nailed and it. And then Kershaw, five. Yeah. And then Vince Velasquez, six. Yeah, that whole thing. So like, also Phillies. Which is, yep, which is that whole thing is awesome. weird. Uh, good, but, good trade for the Phillies, which you've never said before. Yeah, ever. no. Well, Ruben Amaro is no longer the GM. Yeah, he's I, the first base coach for the Red Sox. Oh yeah, that was that's right. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. He, yep, he like took some random coaching job, like in somebody. Yeah, I I completely forgot that was a thing. Completely, completely forgot. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. <clears throat> um. Yeah, this is going to be so much longer than a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> but that's we, okay. Good, we suck. Good conversation. Timing. Michelle just sent me a, a link that I was scanning through while you were talking a minute ago. And it is a an uber Tom Boswell hot take. First, how dare you, sir? I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She she just sent it to me with just an ellipsis. And I was like... I, she sent it to us, I'm Joe. I'm sorry. I saw it. And I started reading it. Uh, and I was like, well... I feel like I should look at this, and it's just, it's just a hot take. It oh, is, what kind of is it? Like scorching? Well, like... the the name of the article is "Tight-Lipped Nats Not Always Willing to Face the Music," and there is literally a paragraph. I just scanned it. I didn't really read. Oh, it. oh, is this the genre of article where beat writer slash columnists complain? That the players don't say what they want them to. Yeah. It, it kind oh of. God, that drives me nuts. That's the whole Matt Harvey thing. It's the whole Matt um, Harvey thing, and now Matt Boswell's Harvey doing the didn't same thing. Matt Harvey did not say anything to the media after the game. He, if he'd have said anything, he would have said the dumbest, most cliched crap. Exactly. That no one cares from, about from the Bull Durham Shut playbook. Shut up, Thomas Boswell. This goes to Fang's question: Who would I uh, get rid of from the sports media? Mm, right there. He's pretty high on the list for me, honestly. I would actually probably go to Tom Lever, Tom, whatever his name is. Yeah, Lever. he's not a real journalist. Yeah, he's a the, yeah. He's like a sports talk radio guy, essentially. Um, Who I, I, my question to that was: uh, Does um, does Tony Kornheiser count? Oh, nice. I feel but, like he's more national, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's. But anyway, uh, I just digress. just a really quick. Uh, the actual beginning of a paragraph in here, the Nats can use that grit, Murphy's toughness, as well as Harper's ambition, Max Scherzer's energy, and Steven Strasburg's maturity. Like, it just, I don't know. It it just feels like a... Look, I don't know. It pisses me off. It's a bad article. Vomit. It's Vomit. A, it's a terrible, awful hot take, and that's... The Washington Post should be better than that. Was he the one that wrote the... Oh, he had an article up on Deadspin. Oh, Mike Rizzo's worth... Oh, um, that might have been him. I didn't read it, though. I, it was him. Yeah. Where he said Rizzo was worth, like, $500 million or something like that. And it was, like, the most convoluted statistical... Yeah, you don't go to Tom Boswell for the stats, man. No, That's and it not... was, like... He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> it was, like, predicated on the fact that he signed both Harper and Strasburg, whereas 
no other GM would have picked those two first overall, yeah, right. I guess. Sure. That's, that makes sense. But anyway, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, yeah, you know why? Like, I like Mike Rizzo as much as anybody, but you know why Mike Rizzo is one of the best GMs ever? Because he happened to take the office when those two guys were becoming available. Oh, it's... my gosh. First off, real quick, uh, Lauren the Animal is a Doctor Who fan. Um, you just just dug your way into Craig's heart a little more. She She's a Whovian. Yes. I'm... I'm in a very good place, and yes, Strax, that's exactly what I thought of. Yes, yes. Strax, okay. Strax, Strax, sir? Yes, yes, uh, okay. Okay, I'm like, I'm like giddy smiling right now. <laughs> God. All right. Uh, I'm a nerd! Yes, you are, but I am too. It's okay. That's why we do this show. Uh, so I guess my the one question I wanted to ask before we move on from the Strasburg topic, which we kind of have gone all over from, is he one of the top five pitchers in baseball right now? Not the National League baseball. Hmm. That's a very difficult question. Yeah. It's close. Uh, it's very close. I would say maybe just out. I can't name the ones above him, but I would say I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue putting him at the bottom of the list. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't insult anyone or I wouldn't argue or I would agree. So I, I don't know. I, I would say right right there yeah yeah he he's got to be towards the bottom of the list if he's on the list i would argue he's probably still just outside i mean there's not a lot of great american league pitchers right now exactly to be honest like chris sale like chris sale's great jose but, quintana's I mean, really good quintana's good yeah but he you know he's there yeah but i mean look at dallas keichel yeah exactly like when i'm completely thinking about best, fell off the table when i'm thinking about best pitchers i'm i'm thinking like longevity is a factor there for me Right, And so if Strasburg finishes out this year like he's currently going and starts next year the same way, he is definitely on that list for me. Right. Um, but right now, I, I I think it's probably Kershaw. I mean, it's definitely Kershaw, uh, right. number one. And then I feel like probably, not in any order, but Arietta, and then uh, Madison Bumgardner, and then, I don't know, maybe Chris Sale, and then... You know, maybe Strasburg five, maybe Syndergaard five. Yeah, it's right there, Syndergaard and Strasburg. Yeah, like, like when I, I, the way I always think about those kind of questions is like, who would you want in one game? Yeah, yeah. And it goes to once again another question uh, that uh, the Natty dude asked tonight: like, why does good pitching always beat good hitting, and how come the Nats never can beat good pitching? <laughs> Yeah, and it, because yet other really teams can, and I mean that's because we have to face Jose Fernandez and yeah. you know Noah Syndergaard, the the people we were just referring to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a very that's a very good point, very good point, and a, a Phillies rotation that's also getting better. So it's... yeah, I mean the National East. I mean you you and I both gave it a bunch of crap. Over oh yeah, we we were like, brutal. It was supposed to be like worse than a dumpster fire, and yeah. it's been. Not the opposite. Yeah. It's been probably the best division in baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly by records it has been. Yeah. I mean, the Phillies have been, I'll say good for compared to what we expected. Yeah. Not going to stand, but good. And the Marlins have been better than expected. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, true, too. The Braves are still terrible, but we expected three terrible teams and we have one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you're probably looking at, as far as competition, best divisions, like the National League East and the AL Central, probably. 
but I think the, I think the East is the best team, the the best division right now. The National yep. East is the best right now. Um, all right, so th- that was more time than I expected on that topic. Um, Shocking. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so let's talk a little bit about since we're on the topic of Mets things, the just kind of briefly on the the fan invasion at Nats Park this series. It's kind of you know the not quite as bad as you know or not nearly as bad as when the Phillies fans were coming down years ago, but there was a significant contingent of uh, Mets fans at Nats Park all series this week. Um, what are your thoughts on that, just generally? I like it. Oh, I do too. Okay, good. I thought I was like, are we going to finally disagree on something? No. Nope. <laughs> no, I like it. I think it's good for. I think it's good for baseball. Obviously, um, I know some people that you and I both follow on Twitter had some bad run-ins with fans. Uh, basically, the stereotypical bad away fan. You know, rude, drunk, blah blah blah. But I'm sure a large majority of the groups that have been there or the individuals that have been there have been very nice people. I mean, I think it's one of those things where we will ignore personally the 30 people that are doing everything right and that are being good supportive fans. And we will see the one person that's not. And I think that's just human nature. So you're seeing the worst behavior. You're seeing uh, one fan get dragged out in handcuffs or get escorted out by security and you're not seeing the five rows of fans that are wishing him gone as well that are supporting the other team. So, totally. Um, I don't think it's right to throw labels on an entire fan base yeah. uh, for the behavior of one. And that's a topic for another podcast yeah, uh, that's, that's a, not ours. One. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's one that actually is good at dealing with stuff like that. But – I, I, I like seeing it. I've enjoyed the experiences I've had as an away fan. I mean, yeah. some of the the coolest experiences I've had in sports are going and talking to other fans and seeing what they view of your team. And I, uh, I, I think back fondly. I know at the time they weren't playing the Nationals, but when you and I and yeah. uh, our friend Nick went up to Pittsburgh, I was gonna we all wore our Nats, Nats gear and – Everyone was asking us about the team. Yeah. And it was just really cool. It was really neat. We had some great conversations. We we talked baseball with a lot of people. And, you know, it's just one of those things. I, well, I, that I was, like yeah. – That was 2012 too. So yeah. it was the year where the Nationals were catching on and people were taking notice, which made it even better obviously. But, yeah, it was awesome. Right. So um, I like seeing other teams come down. Uh, I love – that 425 Mets fans on a Tuesday night took a bus or how many ever buses down to DC to come and see our stadium to, you know, experience everything. Cause you know, I love Nats fans, but Tuesday nights are not full. No, they're not really good crowd on Tuesday night. Last night. I'm sure it was a great crowd, but it wasn't full. Yeah. Like 33,000. Yeah. That's a great crowd for a Tuesday night. And, Everywhere in baseball has the same problem. Yeah, exactly. No, St. Louis doesn't sell out. and Best fans in baseball, blah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. So I like seeing it. If they want to come and spend our money, I fully trust that Nats fans are going to show them what kind of fans we are. Uh, good banter, good jokes, lighthearted fun, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's all going to be respectable, respectful, and hopefully the other team's – 
are doing the same, which I think for the most part, I mean, I think even when the Phillies were taking over the ballpark, yes, there were some bad Philly fans, but there were also probably hundreds and hundreds of good Philly fans. Yeah, there are like, way, just because they cheer when their team scores a run, it doesn't make them a bad fan. Like, that's, right. just, that's what a and, fan does. And you, you, you better believe that if the Nationals took 500 people up to City Field for a Thursday night game, Harvey versus Strasburg, or Syndergaard versus Strasburg, there would be Strasburg's better chance. Because that's what you do. Exactly. Exactly. It's what you want to see. It's fun. It, and it and it was fun. And the guy and, and it, that group just seemed. They didn't seem to come to the. Uh, speaking of the Mets group that came on Tuesday night. It, first of all, just the we're coming to support Matt Harvey because he's having he's totally embattled right now, and we want to go down from New York to support. Like if that was an if that was a group of Nats fans doing that for Steven Strasburg or Max Scherzer, you'd be like, oh, those guys are awesome. So you got to look at it that way too. Um, definitely you have to look at it that way as well. So, yes. yeah, I don't have a problem with it either. The, the long and the short of it, I don't have a problem with it either. And it, I thought that it was a, a respectable, I mean, I was sitting pretty far away from them, admittedly. I was on the other side of the stadium, but um, I thought it, it seemed like a respectful crowd. They were, yes, they were loud. Yes, they chanted. But then, you know, things started to go not so well for their team and things didn't get obnoxious. It was just, you know, they got quiet because they were losing. And that's just kind of the way it works sometimes. What'd you just crack open? Uh, I just cracked open an Oscar Blues IPA. I just finished my 21st Amendment Back in Black. Oh, I love the Back in Black. Oh, it's delicious. It's very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, I'm also drinking an Oscar Blues for the record. Oh, of course you are. Old Chub. Old Chub. It's my, it's my standard. I love it. Um, okay. So I think anything else before we try to tackle as many of these... Yeah, let's rapid fire as many as we can. Questions as we can. in the next, I guess, fifteen minutes ish. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna do my best. We're gonna get through as many as as we possibly can. Uh, yeah, we don't have that much time, but we're gonna do our best. Uh, what is what, beard? Why are you dot dot dotting us? What did we do now? I feel like we didn't even do anything bad. Like I, maybe because. We're being nice to Mets fans. I feel like that might be the answer. Yeah, that's probably it. I feel like that might be the answer. Okay, so we're going to uh, start some questions. Sorry, trying to find the beginning of said questions. 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 Uh, the most important question we'll lead off with from Michelle. It's not really the most important question, but she, <laughs> she asked several in a row. But it's, does Craig Mack feel threatened by the Nats blog Joe's new love of bearded Natadude? I, I don't feel threatened. Because I feel the same way. How can you not? Yeah. He's, he's a lovable guy. He sure is. Uh, next question. So we've got a string. Michelle is the one that got us started off. I think I've got like eight questions in a row for Michelle. So we're just going to fire them off real quick. Uh, are the Cardinals bad or just beatable? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're, I don't think bad. I don't think they're as good as they once, you know, they no, can't be that same team all the time, you know? Yeah. They're not having a great year. They lost a great Jason Hayward last year. Yep. From last year. And that's going to have an impact. And they really didn't get much of a replacement. They lost their starting shortstop, um, before the season started. And I mean, a lead miss, a, 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 I think that's how you pronounce it. A lead, a, a med, something like that. The guy that got playing shortstop, playing above his head and that's crashed back down to earth in the last little bit. So that's going to happen. Yeah. That's the way it is. Uh, why can't the Nats hit Steven Matz? Um, he's a lefty. That's actually 
he's 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 a pretty good left-handed pitcher. It's hard to hit good pitching. Yeah, he's he's a good pitcher. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of people say he was better than Matt Harvey when he was good. Yeah, he's he's good. That's it's hard to hit good pitching. Uh, impressions of Dusty so far, I am in love. Yeah, yeah, I I've totally won eighty on Dusty, man. I, I think wow. That, I think when you look at the way that Dusty is managing a baseball game, certainly he's made some decisions that have gone. I think the fundamentals of the decision-making process that he has is much better than I expected at all. Now, a lot of those that are go the same kind of decisions that Matt Williams made that went poorly have gone well for Dusty, and so it's a lot. Of, it's a bit of luck, but I just think he clearly learned a lot from his off time away from the game, and I think that he. Uh, Wanted to be a better on-field manager, and I think that has shown in spades. And I think that the players love him, and uh, I think that he's really been—he's—he was the right hire, and I am glad that he's the one that got the job and not Bud Black. Nice. He's better than I expected by a long shot. I'm not 100% sold. I'm really close. Uh, I've been anxious with the starters a couple times. He's letting them go long. He's letting him go long. Which I so, like. And 80% of the time, maybe 75% of the time, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But the other times, it makes me really anxious, and I would probably say that about any pitcher. But what really made me very, 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 very happy was seeing Felipe Le- uh, Rivero come in in a high-leverage situation against a lefty. Yeah, in the ninth inning. Yeah, this was what, two day- two games ago? It, last night, even? It wasn't last night. It was a couple... Maybe it was last night, but I was thinking about there was the one in the ninth inning a week, about a week ago where there were two lefties to start the ninth inning. And no, I, and this it, was the seventh inning. Oh, so I was talking about there was about a week ago was the ninth yeah. inning, and he, he he came in to face two. There were two lefties in the ninth inning in a save situation, and he brought in Rivero instead of Papelbon, and yeah. that to me was like, oh yeah, that was a good one too. But he's using he's using relievers in the best relievers in the highest leverage, which you want to see. Totally. Which, is very very sabermetrically inclined, and I think he deserves more credit for that. So I completely uh, agree. I'm very very close to full buy-in. Uh, he still makes me nervous, but I think it's just because I'm nervous. Yeah, well, yeah. If, if you're nervous, what am I? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So good question, Michelle. What also what is what is wrong with Bryce? We we went we talked about this at some length at the, in last week's episode, but it certainly hasn't seemed to get any better. Uh, he's pressing. He's yep. not used to seeing a lot of pitches to hit. And when he does, he gets really, really excited and he wants to hit everything. Yeah. And yeah. he can't hit everything because no one can. He, he can get pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> but he can't hit everything. It's, it's the pressing. Johan and I had a, had a back and forth a little bit on, on Twitter a couple days ago, um, where, he the one where he threw the bat down and broke it in frustration when he popped a ball up, and and Johan said something along the lines of, "Does it look like he's you know pulling pulling off or something?" And I said, "I think what's happening is he he wants he looks like he's pulling everything. It looks like he's trying to pull everything and hit it 575 feet, and then his head's coming off the ball." I'm certainly not a scout or a professional by any stretch, but uh, he's not staying that like that strong back leg where the head's not moving and like all that stuff like he was doing last year. He just looks like he's trying to, if you get anything and he's missing balls in the zone, right? Like balls that he could easily crush. He's just, he's just flat out missing them. Right. Um, fouling them back or just 
totally swinging and missing. So I think it's just pressing. I think he's going to figure it out and whether that happens. I think he's very close. He hit one. He just missed one last night. Yeah, that was, it was really. Took it to the track. It and almost it was, had the sound. He just got right under it. Yep, and you could tell he was right on top of it. Yep, totally agree. Um, Michelle, what is with the wonky catcher schedule, and why was Ramos catching today after he played last night? That's another reason I'm not as sold on Dusty right now. Yeah. Um, it seems like Loeb's is Geo's catcher, and Geo had one of his very few subpar starts of the year yeah. with Ramos catching. Yeah. And there didn't seem to be any reason for it. Yeah, I, I don't. So. I don't get why you do that. Like it's almost like I feel like managers do that sometimes. There's clearly a like like Lobaton was Strasburg's catcher last year, or maybe it was the year before, but recently Lobaton was catching like all of Strasburg's starts. And I was, you know, it almost feels like when that doesn't happen, that it's like the manager is trying to prove that he doesn't have his own personal catcher, even though everybody knows he has his own personal catcher. Right. Like yeah, if you're going to have a guy that has a catcher that he works well with, it's, you know, it's like Tim Wakefield throwing to his catcher. Cause he's a knuckle knuckleballer. You get familiar with that guy. Why change it up? I don't, you know, it would have made, it would almost have made sense to me if then the next day, you know, uh, it was the day game and he wanted Ramos to start, or he wanted Lobatone to start the day game for some odd reason. But other than that, I don't know. I, I, I'm. It's one of the things I'm confused by too, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Michelle says the same thing. Lobie's Geo's catcher. Sooner Dusty realizes it, the better. I think he does. I don't know how he doesn't. I. It'd be shocking. Yeah. Uh, Michelle asks how awesome is Strauss, which we covered at at some length. Uh, and then uh, also Murphy. Uh, very awesome. I'm going with very awesome. Um, yeah, we should talk about this more at length sometime. He's hitting above 390. Yeah. And it's a quarter of the way into the season. Yeah, he's really, he like, can't not hit right now. That's, like, the insanity of that. Like, if he goes for another 20, 30 games like, at this pace, he's going to get a lot of 400 talk. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Which is insanity. Which is like the la- the last time we were having that conversation was with, like with Tony Gwynn. Yeah, like, and that's been a while. Uh, rest in peace, Tony Gwynn. Uh, Seriously. Uh, Beard, we're to the question: Why are Mets fans such doofuses? Well, I I I would try to make an argument like we did that we uh, we they are not. But the Dan did just send a message about an experience. So just in fairness of sharing, said yeah, we sat in the middle of Tuesday uh, of Tuesday Mets fans that wasn't. Fun banter, f bombs, taunts. You got choked out. Chance at Bryce. Yeah, that's not cool. That, I yeah, mean, they're, but there, I, I there are bad Nats fans too. I was just gonna say that you're gonna find Nats bad Nats fans at home and away. I mean, it's gonna happen. It's every team has them. It's unfortunate, uh, but it's the reality. I, I I refuse to vilify an entire fan base because of a group of bad actors. Because there's no way that it's more than than a, a small portion. So, uh, Daniel Guzman asked a couple of questions uh, for us. Uh, I'm sorry. That's Dan Guzman. Mm, sorry. Yes, you're right. I heard him on NPR. You, you did. You did. Thank you. So, uh, we're very sorry we pronounced your name wrong. Yes, and I will probably keep doing that. I will yep. do my best, though. Guzman. Guzman. I can do it. Uh, so, all this talk about uh, best moments ever in Nat's history, what's the low point? Smiley, Natinals. Uh, 
cast and inviting Phillies fans for opening day. Uh, for him, he says for him it might be Natinals. Do you have an answer? I I, I don't. I mean, Natinals is, was bad. <laughs> uh, I I might go. I don't know if it's the a low the low moment, but Jim Riggleman resigning was pretty bad. Like your manager walking out on a team mid year was pretty bizarre. That was a pretty low moment, I think, for the Nationals. Right when they were trying to to catch on and be something in 2011, they had just signed Jason Worth and that whole thing. That was pretty low, just just for the sake of something different. What about you? Anything? Uh, oh, yeah. I have tr- I have I have a lot of trouble with this one. I don't I don't know. I I, I don't have an answer to be honest. Yeah, he also says a couple more, uh, which are good. And actually, he says Riggleman. I didn't even notice that till now. But also Game Five and Papelbon choking Harper, all very good answers. Yeah, I guess it would have to be Papelbon choking Harper. Pretty bad because that just kind of happened. Like it was at the end of a bad season. Like the Riggleman thing. I don't classify that much because it was in the middle of one of the greatest stretches in Nationals history, and they just kind of kept rolling. Yeah. So, like, it was a it, that was a tough two months. It uh, was just it it's was about just as a, tough as two months of a baseball season that I remember, honestly. It was a weird moment. I yeah. guess. Yeah. So I don't know. Agree. I, I don't, I'm not. I'm not comfortable with that one. Yeah, that's a, it's that's a tough one. Uh, Beard asks, uh, what is trampoline wiffle ball and why isn't it a bigger phenomenon? I don't know. And I don't know, but I want it to be. Yeah. Um, I would like to see a, a YouTube video before commenting. Yeah. Like I, I really legitimately want to know how this works and if people even still do it, because if, if, you know, Tanner Roark's a little younger than us. And so I think back to like, trampolines aren't really even a thing anymore unless they've got like tons of netting around it and like under certain supervision of things because like liability things are much crazier than when we were younger. Uh, but I just can't imagine a way in which that would be possible in current society. <laughs> but uh, I want to find out what it is and if, and maybe we could play it without killing ourselves. God, I, I remember like six or seven years ago, I jumped on the trampoline. My back hurt for like three weeks. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. That's, oh God, we're, we're so getting to the old side of life. Um, follow up question from Beard. Will, will Beard ever figure out the Natstock on the go emojis? Um, I think they've been pretty easy to understand lately. I feel like they've been pretty clear lately. I've got to be honest. Like some of them I'm, I, I get confused about, but you know, they've been, I feel like the clarity has been high lately. Thank you very much. Uh, today, they did not have any because, yes. as I said at the top of the show or yep. top of the stream, rough day in yeah. the life of Craig. I think you don't you haven't taken many off days, so you know. It's, I haven't taken. I've taken three off days. Yeah, so you know you get you get a pass. You've been off you've been games, excellent. two off days. Nice. Yes. Uh, One was doubleheader for yeah, that, the wedding. I, I, oh, that's right. Uh, the Nata dude asks. Uh, oh, we already talked about this one, right? The, I know, I know good pitching beats good hitting, but must the other, other teams, good pitching always beat our good hitting. I mean, it's a valid question, but I think that, I think it happens across baseball. I mean, how many times have we watched the nationals, good pitchers beat other teams, good hitting? Yeah, it happened. I mean, just Strasburg's eight. No, I mean, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And they, they haven't all been scrub lineups. Like he, 
he beat the the Mets last night, and the Mets are pretty decent. So, you know, it, it's it happens it happens both ways. It's hard to hit good pitching. We could be facing Clayton Kershaw night, you know, in five six times a year. Luckily, we're not. Uh, but it's hard it's hard to hit good hitting. It, it it's frustrating to watch when it happens for sure. And like Craig was saying earlier, we have uh, a plethora of extremely good pitching in the division, which makes it feel worse when we're facing all of them. Which is always which is also true. Uh, Frank asks, is Captain America being a Nazi bullshit or the most bullshit thing ever? And I have to say, I don't watch any superhero movies or comic book movies, so I don't have an answer to this question. I thought Captain America was American and, like, a capitalist. Well, I mean, it would stand to reason. I don't don't understand. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he and Iron Man don't like each other anymore. Or if it was just for the sake of one movie. Because drama sells. I don't understand. Drama sells. Okay. Um, uh, the Dan asks a couple of questions. What, what's your assessment explanation of the team's base running thus far? Uh, I like the aggressiveness. Uh, being smarter still would be good. Yeah. Um, there, there have certainly been some two plans for sure. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the stolen bases. I think they're a lot of fun. Um, I think choosing good spots is essential. Yep. The, and well, they're not necessarily always doing that. I think that's true. I also think that it's, it's, it's a risk reward system and you have to take risk to be rewarded. And I, I'm okay with increased risk. In, which would mean, you know, more aggressive base stealing, rounding of bases, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, it, it, it's just you have to toe a line between overdoing it and running yourself into too many outs versus taking calculated risks. Um, the Dan follow-up, do people really want Trey Turner on the field right now, or is it just jokes? I think there is a definite significant portion that want him on the field right now. Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, and I, I got to be on. I don't fault to those people. You, no. you, he is going to be a, by all accounts, he's a good player. He's a top 20 prospect, uh, in major league baseball. Um, he's the, the set, the number, he's the number one position playing prospect in the nationals organization. So it, it's, there's a very good reason to be excited for a guy that is, you know, Billy Hamilton fast. Uh, and no, I know, but he's, he's going to be fast. <laughs> compared to everyone else, yes. Yeah, compared to everybody else, not actually Billy Hamilton, but I, in comparison with what we see normally, that's okay. That's fair. he's going to be unreasonably. Fast. I shall allow that caveat. Yes, um, but uh, you know, I don't fault people for wanting to see him now. I just don't feel like the need is there. You and I, I guess I could say, don't feel like the need is there as much as some people do. No, uh, Danny Espinosa is actually, I want to say, the eighth highest rated defensive player in baseball right now. An accurate statement. So he's, he's really good at shortstop, and he's hitting eighth in the National League. Right. So you know, I, I am I am willing to take that, and I've always been on record saying that yes, I am okay with a, de- a defense first shortstop. I have no problem with that, especially when the defense is that good. I completely. Completely, completely agree. Now, um, if the Nationals had a DH and Joe Ross were pitching, I would let Trey Turner DH. Yeah, right. But different different set of circumstances. Uh, 
the Dan was the, if you could exile one person, we talked about that one. Uh, Fang, where do you uh, project Felipe Rivero, future closer, setup man, or just another reliever? Closer. Yeah, I, th- I think he will be the closer opening day in 2017. I will agree. Yeah. Uh, same for Sean, same question for Sean Kelly and Sammy Solis. Kelly first. Uh, Kelly, uh, keep him as long as you can. He's been maybe the Nationals. Actually, I think, I don't think, I think I can take the maybe out. He's been the Nationals best reliever. He gave up his first runs of the year last night. Which is insane. Yeah. (laughs) It is the end of May and he gave up his first run run. He had pitched like 15 innings or something. Uh, I think it was like 20 or something like that. I think it was 20 appearances, but like. Okay, well, I got 20 somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it, it. It's insane. Uh, so Kelly, keep him uh, not a closer. And then uh, who was the other one? Sammy Solis. I think he projects more as a long man. Yeah, I think I think middle relief or long man. Uh, either one I think will work. He, he can kind of be – I kind of see him as the before he figured it all out, out that slider fastball combination of Craig Stammen type. Like the guy that's going to come in in the sixth or seventh inning, if you if you need a guy to do that in, in a in a three run game where you're ahead or behind, to be honest, kind of a mop up type role. Um, but I think he's very good. I think his his fastball looks good. If he if he can stay healthy, I think he could be a pretty important part of the bullpen, considering the Nationals have him under team control for a while longer. Uh, yeah. hmm, uh, the Nat with another question every year. We hear the Nats need a bat at the deadline. Will they actually go and get one? No. I don't think they need one. Nope. I, I don't think there's anything about the team. They're, they're a middle-of-the-road offense with extremely good pitching. The pitching's where, you know, the pitching is as good as you need it to be. There's some depth at that position, and they're a first-place team. So I, I, I don't – I wouldn't be mad if they did, but I don't think there's any need at this point. For no, and, I, I, and it's really early to see who would actually be available that yeah. might fit within the lineup. That's a good, that's a good point as well. Uh, is, uh, Beth, sorry, Fang, I'm going to have to skip your question for now about the bobblehead. We'll get, we'll get to it. Um, is Max back or, uh, are there worrisome signs still, Beth asks? I think the answer to that is yes. Yeah. For both. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, he's been phenomenal. He's been, he's got, like we said, we're top five strikeouts. Um, but he's still giving up the long ball and that's the concern. Yeah. He, all of his residual numbers are normal. His FIP is probably fantastic. It's actually not. No, not at all. Really? 4.18. Really? Yeah. His XFIP is 305. Huh? I would have thought with, uh, the homers and the strikeouts that he would be, you would think, right? Yeah. Uh, the, huh. the, the thing that's killing him, uh, his his ground ball rate is low and his home runs per fly ball is very high. Uh, he's twenty percent, twenty more than twenty percent of his of his fly balls are home runs. Yeah, that's well. Doesn't that not go into? FIP? No, that doesn't. I'm say, I'm not talking about right, okay. that. Yeah, I'm, just I'm talking confused about, about the FIP number, but that's fine. I'm not that smart. Yeah, no, I sorry. I that that number. You're right with the with the strikeout rate. You would think that that FIP would be considerably lower, right? Anyway, um, yeah, I think uh, he's there, but I think there are definitely things to be concerned about. I don't think, uh, I don't think we should worry about him being gone. No, no, I don't think so either. Um, and you know, 
remember, he's coming off of the year where he threw two no-hitters in a season and had, even as a former Cy Young, had probably the best year of his career. So, right. you know, you got you to gotta factor that in as well. But, um, yeah, got to be concerned about the, all the, the fly balls on uh, – home runs on fly balls, though, for sure. Um, <laughs> Fang kind of as, I'm sorry, we got to skip. Or, do you want to talk about the MLB Florida question or no? Do, no, 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 yeah, no, no, that's, no. That's too long form for the amount of time we have left. Right. Uh, sorry, we will get to it. Remind doing. us. We will ask it because we, we will answer it, I promise. It's just we don't have enough time. Uh, bullpen, uh, good enough for playoffs as much as that is predictable or does it have a ceiling? Another question from Beth. Uh, definitely good enough. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Nats bullpen has been on fire for the last two weeks. It's been amazing. Uh, It has been on fire, but is it ready to bust a move? Nice. That is my only question. so good. (laughs) I had to do it. I had to do it. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that it's good enough. If if they could somehow find a way to get somebody in the late innings, I would be fine with that. But I don't think that there is a need for that at this point. I think uh, they should definitely look at getting Orlando Rojas. Nice. I I was getting I was getting a little worried. I have nice. to say we were getting late in the show. Wow, that's such a good pull. I I really very impressed. Um. Yeah, and on that note, uh, as far as wins above replacement in the in, in Major League Baseball, the Nationals uh, are sixth. The only National League team that's better than them in the bullpen is the Mets by wins above replacement. So their bullpen is excellent at the moment. So uh, take that for what it is. Um, Beard asks, who's who has the best walkout music on the team? I honest, I am not qualified to answer this. I'm not good at it either. I don't keep up with it. I th- I feel like uh, my two comments are number one, Harper always picks great music because he's uh, there is a message to everything he picks, and I love that about Har- like Harper's music, whether it's like the best is yet to come or uh, you know I I just think that he always puts thought behind it. And then I was at the game last night, and now uh, Jason Worth is walking up to Sublime, so that's gonna go right into my heart. Nice, that's good. That's a that's a good one. I love it. Uh, and I think that's unfortunately going to have to be the end of the questions that we're going to get to today because some of the ones that were asked were a little too long form for our window today. Uh, and then you guys have been sending in questions throughout the show, but we are just out of time. I'm sorry, but we'll get to them next week. We'll promise we'll get to, uh, we'll get to more of them next week. Uh, so get, you'll ask the questions. We'll get to them. Please remind us of the questions that you asked if we did not get to them. Cause, uh, we get so many questions and they, they fall off of the list if, especially from week to week. So, uh, ask them again next week. We promise we'll, we'll do our best to get to as many as possible. You got anything else to add before we wrap episode, wrap, wrap episode or wrap up episode. We're shortening like, all words today. Apparently. I love the rap episode. I Ep- like it. Yeah, not good. Um, look, uh, for the next two weeks, we're going to have a special guest on June 8th. So really looking forward to having a returner on the podcast. So. Yes, we don't we don't often do guests. So when we do, they're good. Uh, and we're going to have some draft and draft talk with some with a smart individual. And we'll just leave so, it at that for now. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, 
So yeah, uh, we will do our best to get an episode in next week. We've got the short week of the holiday. Everybody have a have a safe Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you guys get to do something fun in the sun. And hopefully that involves watching baseball at some level. Mm, baseball. Mm, baseball indeed. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Nat's Talk on the Go. And we will talk to you next time. for listening to Nat's Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at Nat's Talk on the Go on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats.